This is the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. Make yourself comfortable and fasten your seatbelt. Tom and his guests are about to share powerful stories, trade business building insights, and have a few laughs. Tom created this podcast to help you captivate prospects and inspire them to act so you can get more clients quickly and easily. That's what powerful storytelling is all about. That's what this podcast is all about. So let's get this party started. Here's your host, Tom Ruich. Hello and welcome to the Story Power Marketing Show. I'm Tom Ruich. Today's episode is called The Business Building Power of Human Connections. Before I introduce my guest, I'll kick off this episode as I always do with a story. Last summer, my brother forwarded to me a LinkedIn connection request he received from a guy who wrote this. Love to connect. I just got a radar that detects high performance humans. Damn thing won't stop going off since I saw your profile. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, uh, that's some fancy schmancy make believe radar, isn't it? Uh, Can I get an eye roll, please? My brother deleted Radar Man's connection request. I say good move, brother. I mean, come on. That might be the least human connection request I've ever seen. Or maybe the second least. I knew a guy in college who tried to pick up women with cheesy pickup lines that were more rotten than spoiled Roquefort. Like this stinker. That dress looks great on you. It would look even better on my bedroom floor. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I was telling my guest as uh, after I shared that story with him that I don't know that that line ever worked. I think he was a masochist. He, he ended up with plenty of slaps on the cheek and a lot of beer thrown in his face. But, you know, some people just can't help it. They're committed to these cheesy pickup lines. And here's the thing about the cheesy pickup lines. You don't need them. You don't need to dish out lines that people fall for. You need to draw people to you by making real human connections with them. The ability to make human connections is what separates great marketers from cheesy pretenders, which leads me to my guest today, a great marketer who's on a mission to make marketing human again. His name is Jürgen Strauss, and he's here today because we see eye to eye. Jürgen comes to us today from the south coast of Australia near Melbourne. Jürgen is the founder of Innova Biz. He's host of the Innova Buzz podcast and the Tales of Marketing Transformation show. Jürgen is a podcasting machine. On this day that we're recording this episode in December 2021, Jürgen has released 483 episodes of the Innova Buzz podcast. Jürgen holds meaningful conversations with hundreds of outstanding entrepreneurs from all around the world, gaining insight into what makes them tick, what lights them up, why do they do what they do, and what inspiration and value can they add to the rest of the world. Jürgen practices what he preaches, podcast like you're human. And he teaches other, others how to do the same. Innova Biz enables businesses to build sustainable visibility, professional authority, and a deep connection with their dream clients. Jurgen is all about delivering exceptional experiences to the listener and to podcast guests, as well as building and, and sustaining exceptional relationships. So Jurgen Strauss, It is my great, great pleasure to welcome you to the Story Power Marketing Show. Thanks, Tom. It's a real privilege to be here and uh, share this stage with you. And wow, what um, an amazing introduction. (laughs) Well, it's uh, uh, we always like to start with a story, as you know, and uh, I meant every word I said about you. We we met um, thanks to our mutual connection. 
Michael Delon. Michael has previously been a guest here on the Story Power Marketing Show. And Michael is an extraordinary connector. And and he was a guest on your show. I said mm-hmm. we're at about 483. I think you mentioned that he was uh, guest 461 or something like that a, a couple of months ago, a few months back. And yeah, he introduced us. Back. Yeah, he introduced us after he was a guest on the show. And we immediately hit it off. I had a chance to be a guest on on your show. That episode went live. Um It went live today, in fact. Mm. Um, (laughs) I am guest 483, and we really had a ball when we we had a conversation now a a few weeks back. And it really was a great example of human connection, of of podcasting like you're human. So before, I, I don't want anybody to leave this podcast and head over to that podcast yet. But afterwards, <laughs> go do that. Go to Anova Buzz and check out the episode with Jurgen and me. But before they do that, why don't you explain to the listeners and the viewers, what do you mean by podcast like you're human? Well, it comes back to what you were saying earlier, Tom, in terms of you don't need to be cheesy you know, to connect with someone else. It's really all about finding some common ground and having a conversation, showing interest in the other person, first and foremost, because to be interesting, you have to show interest. So with podcasting like You're Human, when I'm introduced to a guest such as yourself or when I reach out to somebody because I've discovered them somewhere else and and think they'd make a great guest on my show, the first step is I reach out to them with a personalized message usually by video, and show some interest in them. So by first of all, ask them a few questions about what's got them excited right now, what's happening in their world. Secondly, by doing that personalized video, taking that time, it doesn't take very long, it's not hard to do, but it shows the other person that I have an interest. I've, I've invested that little bit of time and effort in reaching out at a personal level. So it's not a templated email um, and and then starting a conversation from there. So the next step really is is beginning a conversation. And it's just like if you were to meet someone at a party or even in a bar and you're attracted to a lovely lady, well, show some interest in that lady. Ask her about herself, her interests. And if you find mutual ground then, then a conversation ensues. And that may lead to a relationship or it may not. And if it doesn't, that's perfectly okay. That's what I mean by podcasting like you're human. It's pretty much like meeting somebody at a party for the first time or on the street. And um, sometimes those meetings lead to a friendship or a, or a business relationship. Sometimes, um, Most often they don't, but that's human connection. Yeah, and... and- I said a moment ago that that after Michael introduced us, we hit it off and we hit it off because you did so much more than send me a templated email that said, well, if you'd like to be on my podcast, here's my booking calendar and fill out this form. No, you sent me that personalized email. We had uh, a Zoom conversation. We connected. You listened to what I'm all about. about. We had a a conversation. You saw connection points that would be of interest to your audience. We we built a bond, and mm. and uh, you know you 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 said a moment ago this wasn't um, it, it's not about templated emails, but I want the audience to understand it's still a very systematic process. You go through oh, the same yeah. process with uh, with all of your guests. And you wouldn't be able to scale to 483 episodes and counting unless you did that. Can you talk a little bit about the systems that you have in place beyond what you've already described? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was just going to share a little secret, and that is that I do use templated emails. I use templates for a whole lot of things, but the templates are designed in such a way that, uh, for example, the email that is the first reach out there's an insert personalized video here. So I take two or three minutes to 
record that personalised video and it takes me two or three minutes because I've done it so many times now, I get on there and I say, okay, this is the first reach out video and I pretty much have um, an idea of what I want to say. The structure is is the same every time. It's personalised to the extent of looking at that person's profile on LinkedIn, for example, getting a little bit of information so that I can speak to them personally. And the rest of it is templated. I just insert that video once it's recorded into that email. So there's yep. things like that that we have built into the system. The overall system, I call it our podcasting flywheel. And it starts with really understanding why am I doing this podcast for me? What am I bringing to the table that's unique? And then why am I doing it for my audience? What's the value that I'm adding to my audience? And that then informs the kind of people that I need to market to in terms of growing my audience and also the kind of guests that I want to bring on because they're the ones that are a fit for the values that I have, for the values of my audience and also for their needs. Then we have um, steps around how do we reach or how do we connect with, with those potential guests. One way, as you mentioned, is introduction from existing guests. So I always ask my guests when they're on the show, who else should I bring on this show? And can you introduce us? So that's one way to grow that network. The other way, I, I am listed on a lot of these um, podcast matchmaking sites where people will find my profile and if they're interested in um, my show or my profile, they'll reach out to me and say, hey, can I come on your show? We also get lots of outreach from people directly who've discovered the show through podcast searching, searching on Google, whatever it might be. So there's a whole range of ways that people come into the system. And then the first step I will respond with, uh, and this one is fully templated. The, the very first contact for people that reach out to me cold is, it is a video of me explaining what excites me about people coming on the show, what I'm looking for, but it's one video that goes out to everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Within and, and, that templated ahead, email, sorry. though, is is the invite to have a conversation, a get-to-know-you conversation. So that's the very first step from after the connection with the guests. So before they come on the show, we will have had that personal conversation. That gives us, first of all, the ability to get to know one another and see if we like one another and if we hit it off. Secondly, it gives me the ability to determine further whether that guest and and their expertise are a good fit for the show and if they're not I can tell them face to face I can say look I'm really sorry but I don't think you're a good fit for our show and our audience Um, I might give them some recommendations of other podcasts to look for or often I'll send them to some of the matchmaking sites if they don't already know about those so Mm -hmm. I try to help them out but It's not like an email, very impersonal, saying, sorry, you're not a fit. Um, The other side of that, of course, is if we determine, hey, you're a good guest for the show, is we then have the opportunity to explore those topics, as you mentioned in the example with you, to explore some topics that are common ground and that are a fit for the audience based on the guest's expertise and co-design the episode in some ways, if you like. Yeah. And and I can tell you from my perspective, as someone who went through that process as a a prospective guest and then somebody booked on your show, it it made me want to bring my A game (laughs) because, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not as if I, I, uh, you know, I I don't want to bring my A game every time, but it was clear to me that this guy is a professional. This guy takes this seriously. This guy respects his audience um, because he really, it's very important to him to make that connection with 
the prospective guest and make sure the prospective guest is going to offer value to the audience. And all of those things, uh, you know, it, it doesn't always work that way out in podcast mm -hmm. land. And, and so when I, as a prospective guest was going through that, it made me feel more excited. It made me feel better. It made me want to prepare just that little extra bit more. And we had a great conversation mm. as a result. I've already implemented aspects of what I've learned from you through watching your system as I bring guests into my system, the same sort of, of Q&A, the same sort of getting to know you process because my guests, um, they deserve that respect. They want to be heard and understood. Uh, I think we've all been in situations where we've talked to somebody who's sort of going through the motions and not just in podcasts, but uh, talking to you for whatever purpose. And, um, and they're not taking it as seriously as you wish they would. And your systems and your process are all rooted in a level of respect for your guests and your audience that there, there's a reason that you're very soon going to have your 500th podcast episode. By the way, I, I need to know, how are you going to celebrate episode 500? <laughs> it's coming up. Uh, what would it be? It's probably going to be in what, March, April? Actually, early February. It's due to publish. Early oh, that February. soon. Yeah. yeah. So we've got some some special episodes planned that we've scheduled in. I just need to structure them some more. Uh, we're going to bring together um, a bunch of former guests um, or guests that have been on the show in a panel kind of discussion. And we're going to do, I think we've got four scheduled um, with the number of people that have said they'd like to participate. Um, so I'm going to run kind of a panel discussion conversation where I've got a few really deep questions to ask my guests and I'm hoping they'll be up for that. And, and also give them the opportunity to ask me some questions as well. So I did this exercise recently in a Toastmasters um, end of year celebration that we did. And, and we have this thing in Toastmasters called table topics where um, a question is posed and people have to speak one to two minutes impromptu to that. And I came up with a whole bunch of quite deep questions for each of the people in the room. Um, there are about 22 in the room at the time. So we had, I'd, I'd prepared about 15 questions, so I had to invent some on the spot, but they were yeah. quite deep questions that gave everyone the opportunity to get to know that person a little bit better because of their answer to that question. And a couple of them at the end said, well, you're not getting off that easy. So they'd thought up, <laughs> they threw whilst it back this is going on, they'd thought up a question for me and, and turned it back around to me. So that was a, a fun exercise. So I'm thinking of trying to bring that framework into a virtual event um, for episode 500. So there'll probably be four, four parts to episode 500. And yeah, then that's the- beautiful. And then we're planning episode 501, somebody interviewing me about my journey. Um, so that's that's in the works as well. Well, I, I, I'll give you a little practice on <laughs> that interview by asking you to, to take some steps back and go sort of to the beginning of the journey and tell us why podcasting? Why did you start this journey? And... And is the reason you started the journey and the, and the path that you imagined taking consistent with how you look at it now? Are you doing it mm. for all the same reasons as when you started or, or has the journey as your perspective shifted over time? Yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting question. I, Answering the last one, I think my perspective has shifted a little bit over time, but the reasons for doing it are still the same and they're always there. Some of the, well, having said that, the perspective has shifted because I've been more clear on all the other things that podcasting has brought to the table and enabled me to do. And unconsciously, I probably knew they were there 
when I started the journey, but I wasn't conscious of it until I started really getting into it and improving the way I did things. Yeah. I guess, um, you know, the genesis of it really was going back to my very early corporate career when I got my first job with a film manufacturer, a photographic film manufacturer. And having been a hobby photographer ever since I can remember, I, I thought I was in heaven because I was doing this wonderful work in chemistry, which is what I was trained in, um, in the photographic space, something that I was really passionate about, had access to all the fancy equipment you could imagine that was very expensive that I couldn't have possibly had access to as a, a private person. Um, but the unfortunate thing was the timing was wrong because shortly after I started that job, digital photography, the consumer digital photography started. And I lived through the response to the big film manufacturers to that. Um, I remember somebody uh, in the senior management of our company saying at the time, oh, we just need to make better film. We just need to continue to make better <laughs> film. And so that kind of shaped my whole outlook on innovation and, and being aware of what's happening in the world with new technologies that were coming in, in those days. It was digital photography and the personal computer was just sort of getting off the ground. And I, I could see this dichotomy between the people that were embracing this technology quickly and resisting it and sticking to the old ways. And I saw the writing on the wall for those companies. We all know what happened to the big film manufacturers. And uh, so that was kind of, I was always interested in innovation and be, staying abreast of what the new developments were and making sure that businesses were modeling their business on um, the environment so that they, um, you know, not necessarily ditching their current business model, but making sure that they're in a position to quickly adapt to changing environments, new developments and so on. So mm -hmm. innovation became something I was really passionate about. Over the course of my subsequent career, when I left that job, I was in lots of international roles, doing lots of troubleshooting roles for customers to help um, users of our products make their products work in in their end user product. And as a result, I would travel the world and help people troubleshoot problems. Turns out I was pretty good at that. So I gained a lot of respect simply by the fact that I was helping people solve their problems. But at the same time, I really loved traveling around and, and these experiences and took the advantage to just be curious about people, what drove people and what mm -hmm. what was it about the person and what was it about their culture and what was it about their language that was different and what could I learn from that. And as a result, I built all these relationships simply because I was curious and interested in the other person's world. And so that, that kind of shaped my two, two drivers really, the innovation aspect and the relationship aspect. And when I started my own small business, um, I one of the things I did a lot was, of course, learn new things. And at the time, audio was very big. I was listening to a lot of audio books. And when podcasts first came out, I started listening to podcasts. I thought, this is really cool. And it yeah. wasn't a, until a few years later when a mentor of mine said, why don't you start your own podca podcast? It's a great positioning exercise. And it hadn't actually dawned on me that I could do this. I mean, I was, uh, as a young fellow, I had a tape recorder and I used to record things on the tape recorder just for playing with the technology. And now all of a sudden here I was, yeah, I used to do that. Um, this is just the digital version. And so I set up, got started, reached out to all these people that I had built these relationships with to talk about innovation because they were doing innovative things in their world. And so immediately I had 20 or so guests um, without much effort. And that's how I got started. And then, of course, guests would say, you should talk to this other person that I've met recently and they're doing some fabulous work. And so all of a sudden it started to become this flywheel that was virtually impossible to stop because I'd get introduced to new people. And I'd um, in the early days, I would very carefully script each episode when I didn't know the person well. Um, as I went through this journey, I realized that scripting it 
was A, a hell of a lot of preparation work for me, and mm -hmm. B, those episodes tended to be quite stilted in the early days. Right. And yet right. the conversations with the people that I already had the relationship with were actually quite natural conversations and, and quite interesting. And so I realized that's what I've got to get to with everyone. And hence the we've evolved the process over the years to have this get to know you call first. And one of the things that you didn't mention before, which is really important to me also, is making it really easy for the guests. So not putting mm -hmm. the onus on them to do lots of preparation, not um, making it easy for them, reminding them when it is, making sure that it's easy for them to book a time or we book time for them that, that suits. And so that when, they, when they're ready to come on the show, we're not asking them to do a whole lot of different things. So mm -hmm. listening to a couple of episodes, reading the material that we send out to prep them, giving them guidelines how to access our system that we use to record, those things just so when they actually are in the room there, they've, they're relaxed because it's all been so easy for them. Yeah, yeah. And I, I can tell you again from having gone through that process, uh, you do make it easy. And, and that too is a, is a, it's an example of the respect that you have for your guests and your audience because the harder you make it for the guests mm -hmm. the more stilted the episode gets the more uh the, the greater the potential for missteps and you set everything up so well and it is so easy for the guests that the the interviews that you do fall into this natural state of conversation you said something really important a few moments ago as you were answering that question, you talked about your natural curiosity, being interested in other people's stories, what makes them tick, what's the story of their innovation. Mm -hmm. And when you and I talked on your podcast, we talked at length about curiosity and the, and the habit of noticing. And I just wanted to call out that idea because it could have slipped past some of the listeners and viewers. This idea of being curious, caring about what makes the other person tick. It's, it's the key to being a good podcast host. It's the key to discovering your prospect stories for the purpose of delivering compelling, captivating marketing stories. It really is a key to what we've been talking about in general here human connection and that's a good segue to the question i've been wanting to ask how how do you feel this podcast journey and the things that you've learned and brought to the podcast translate to marketing more broadly because quite frankly some of the people listening here are trying to power up their stories want to market their business more effectively and they may not be ready yet to launch a podcast or they may not want to launch a podcast at all. I hope many of them do. And I hope mm. many of them call you uh, for help. But um, for those who are not planning to immediately launch a podcast, how do the lessons that you've learned through this experience translate to the broader work that they're doing to market their business? Mm, mm, that's a great question. And, and I think there's lessons there for every aspect of marketing. So for example, you, you opened up with a story about LinkedIn, where people mm. reach out to connect with one another on LinkedIn. Now LinkedIn's transforming a lot from, I guess, several years ago, it was simply a jobs board kind mm -hmm. of, and People posted their resume on there and hoped that potential employers would, would see that and contact them. Now it's very much more in the space of serious social media where conversations happen about topics and people reach out and connect one another. So one of the lessons for me out of my podcasting journey that you could apply to LinkedIn is when, when you see somebody that you're interested in connecting with, 
reach out to them at a personal level. So don't just hit that connect button and leave it blank or, or use some sort of robot like your story. Um, reach out to them and send a personalized message. So again, I use video for that quite extensively. I will send them a video, say, hey, I noticed your profile. I also see you're into podcasting, let's say. Um, and I'd love to have a conversation with you around podcasts because we do podcasts and we're really passionate about the medium. And um, if you'd like to take this conversation further, let's connect and let's have a get to know you chat. So I essentially invite them to that get to know you chat. Again, it's, it's this human connection element that could lead somewhere. It may not lead anywhere, but usually people will accept that connection because you've taken the time to show an interest. Um, the same same is true in in other areas so if you're sending out for example a, a sales letter email um, make it very personal be authentic and and if if it's a big ticket item where you you're reaching out to a small number of people then take the time to personalize each one yeah. with a video or audio audios a really good way to do it as well i know a lot of people feel a little bit self-conscious about going on video. So use audio. You can do the same with audio. Um, mm -hmm. Embed a, a short audio message into an email. Um, it just stands out from the ordinary and people appreciate that you've taken an interest to make that personal connection. So they're just a couple of examples. And again, with, with our flywheel, we've got the first steps. We essentially took out of our marketing um, marketing strategy, our marketing program, and that's to get really clear about why we're doing this, who we are, what we bring to the table, what our values are, what our strengths and skills are, and then really understanding who's the dream customer that we want to work with. What drives them? What values do they have? What aspirations do they have? What needs and fears do they have? And then where is the match? So looking at where can we help, where can we transform them and crafting a message around that that's very specific to that dream customer. So they're kind of things that we actually took from our marketing program and, and adapted our podcasting program um, accordingly. Now you've, you've mentioned the flywheel a couple of times <laughs> and this is something, the, the outline of the flywheel is something that uh, people can can get on your website. Is mm. that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Can you, yeah, can you, you tell us where they can go to get the flywheel? Yeah, if you go to innovabuzz.co forward slash flywheel. And yeah, innovabuzz.co. Innovabiz. Innovabiz, Innova oh, the company the, name. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. Let's back up. Let me, <laughs> let me get this right. We've got innovabiz.co, which is your website. Yeah, we've got a Nova Buzz, which is the name of, of the podcast. podcast. So, uh, my my apologies for stumbling over that. Anovabiz.co/slash/flywheel, and and what exactly is it that they'll get if they go there? Well, it's our twelve step program. How we run the podcast essentially, and it outlines each of the twelve steps. And I'm in the process as we record this on December the 20th, I'm in the process of actually doing an audio course, a free audio course that accompanies that graphic and, and some slides there so that I explain it on audio. I thought, what's better than, um, what's, what's a better match for a podcaster than to have a short audio course as a lead magnet. So that's what we're putting together right now. So hopefully that'll be done before the end of the year in the quiet time. I um, got everything in place. I just need to record the episodes and edit and clean them up. The quiet time. I can't imagine that a person <laughs> who is nearing 500 podcast episodes has many quiet times, but uh, I, I hope that you have a, a good extended quiet time to create that audio course. I think that's, uh, um, I think that's going to be very, very, uh, very, very valuable. What else can people get, or, or let me back up a step and, and not just direct them to the website. For someone who is interested in marketing in a more human way, particularly podcasting in a more mm. human way. What beyond the flywheel 
that they can get on your website. Um, do you provide to them? How can you help people who are excited about what we're talking about and interested in seeking your help? Yeah, well, there's a whole bunch of things that we do around podcasting. So we we obviously coaching if somebody needs help with with their podcast and just wants to have some coaching and somebody to point them in the right direction, give them feedback, we, we do that. We also have a full production and editing service. So a lot of people that get into podcasting, they're excited by doing the conversations, by preparing the content, um, by perhaps presenting on camera or on audio, but all the rest of it, the cleaning up editing the technical parts that that happen afterwards and and producing the episode itself they're not that keen on so we offer that service um, we're also looking into a service for those who are interested in podcasting but are not doing it because they feel they don't have the time they don't have the time to prepare they don't have the time to do all the production and the editing um, so what we're offering is, and this is for people who are content creators. So they have mm. to have content. They have to, it might be a book author. It might be somebody that, that's a regular blogger. It might be somebody that sends out a daily email or a weekly email. So they've got content that they're preparing anyway. So what we're offering there is we'll run our flywheel as if you're the guest on our show, but it's actually your show. So you turn up and we talk about the content that you've already prepared. I'm just there to ask questions and prompt. Um, we do everything else. So it really just takes the half hour or the one hour for each episode for the guest to turn up. Very little preparation because they've already produced the content and everything else we take care of. And for, for, so, someone, for someone who's already a content creator has a blog is getting stuff out there on social media and is even pretty good at those human connections that we were talking about through those other channels. What can you tell them about why they should add podcasting to the mix? Yeah. Podcasting is, is another medium to get that information out to people compared to blogs, podcasts. So I was just as part of this course, I mentioned, I've got this statistic, which there's over 600 million, billion, there's over 600 billion blogs out in the world. And yet, yet people kind of keep blogging and think, yeah, blogging's fine. Um, there's only 2 million active podcasts. And people think one of, one of the barriers to getting into podcasting, people think, oh, it's too late. I've missed the train. Um, but I say no, because with only 2 million, there's room for you. There's room for your unique message. And it is a different medium to blogging. Some people, many people prefer actually listening to an audio or sometimes watching video. And of course you can do a video podcast just like this one. So it's a different medium. It, it often talks to different people who, who prefer a different way of absorbing that information. And podcasting itself, the audio podcasts, they have some, a unique position because there's times when there's absolutely no competition to an audio program. And mm -hmm. that's, for example, when people are in the gym or when they're in the car commuting. Like I, when I commute in the car, I, it takes me an hour and a half to drive to my dad when I visit him. And I usually do that once a week. So that's three hours that I have in the car on my own. And I'm always listening to podcasts there. So there's no competition. Mm -hmm. There's nothing else I can do other than driving, of course, and staying safe. But I can listen to the podcast without distracting from, from my driving ability. The same when people go for a walk or go for a jog or sometimes when I'm alone on my bike. If I'm on bike paths, I'll listen to podcasts as well. So podcasts have this unique position. And it is a very intimate medium. So unlike reading a blog or even reading a physical book where there's words on the page but the connection is, is a little bit tenuous, in 
a podcast, particularly if, uh, even with an audio book, if it's the author reading the book, that author is in your ears. So mm-hmm. it is quite an intimate connection. Your ears and your eyes, depending on how the podcast and your eyes is, if, yeah, is distributed. Right, if and, and the connection between podcast host and podcast guest is mm. more intimate as well. And there is a often, it's not guaranteed, but often a reciprocal quality. If you do podcast the way you've described, where you make a connection with people, you're not putting people on your podcast unless there's a, a true connection. Oftentimes what will result is those people will do just as I've done and say, Jürgen, mm. come on my podcast. And now all of a sudden your exposure to a new audience has expanded and right. you're distributing through channels. You talked about uh, different audiences finding you. I have experienced this having uh, now many episodes of Story Power Marketing Show under my belt. The Apple Podcast app, which is the, uh, I think, the number one mm. uh, podcast app out there by far, is in and of itself a search engine. So people are searching for content around storytelling, around business building, around whatever your topic may be. And Apple is delivering those people to you. And they're finding you in ways that they otherwise might never have found you. Um, And and so uh, I frankly used to be much more cynical and dismissive of it. Um, In fact, one of my very close friends when I sent to him, he, he's somewhat of a mutual mentor. We, we trade our business ideas back and forth. We give each other feedback. When I sent him my new logo for the podcast, sent him uh, sort of the concept breakdown, he wrote back and said, ah, excellent, because just what the world needs, another friggin' podcast. And he was being, <laughs> he was being facetious and he was yeah. poking me in the ribs a little bit, but... I think that people who listen to an episode like this one might be coming from that perspective. There are a lot of podcasts out there, but not even close to as many uh, podcasts out there as there are blogs Mm. or as there are social profiles. And so your point is really well taken that you can break through the noise. You can, as I noted, get to a search engine that you otherwise Uh, nobody would Mm. be finding you that way. And that intimate connection, the value of the content in so many ways is better uh, and deeper than what you're putting out there sometimes uh, in in writing. I'll share one more just because it's very front of mind. The email that I'm sending tomorrow to my list is all about repurposing content. Mm. And the content that you create when you make a podcast episode is very easy to repurpose. I will go through this episode and I will transcribe it automatically through a tool called otter.ai. And once I have that transcript, I'll probably pull key elements of it and turn that into a written email or some social media posts. The excerpts that are best from this episode, I'll turn into short videos that go out on my social media profiles. We're, we're on for whatever this will become, 30 to 60 minutes of content. And it is so easy to turn it into multiple pieces of additional content that mm. really help to fuel the content creation machine that can, that can drive your business forward. So uh, I'm glad we went off in this direction and talked yeah. about the power podcast i probably should ask that question first yeah. but but well, hopefully that's, that's not a, too many yeah. hopefully not too many people peeled off thinking oh this is about podcasts i'm not interested <laughs> in podcasts it's it's about yeah, well, more than podcasts but exactly don't dismiss podcasts if that was going to mm-hmm. be your uh, if that was going to be your feeling so yeah well um, the content content creation and the repurposing content is is really an important one it's a good point and the other one that you've prompted me to bring up as a benefit of podcasting. If you do a a show like this one where you bring guests on and you talk to guests, I say for me, every episode is a one hour masterclass. I usually target 45 minutes, but by the time we do Mm -hmm. wrap everything up, it's an hour. So I say it's like a one hour masterclass that I have with an expert in their field. So I'm I'm learning something new 
in every episode. And then I get to share that with my audience. And my yeah. audience thinks I'm a hero because I've brought this knowledge to them, even though I have no idea about it. I've only just learned it myself, but I've brought it brought this expert into their world on the stage. I've asked them relevant questions. I've prompted them to share information. And so my audience thinks I'm a hero as well. So that, that's yeah. another thing if you're doing this um, conversation type podcast that uh, you're essentially bringing somebody else on to create the content for you. Yeah, amen to that. And what you're really describing getting back to this idea of this isn't just about podcasting. What you're describing is content curation. And if you as a marketer believe that all of the content that you have to put out there has to be created from scratch by you, you're going to get stuck. It's just not possible. And what Jurgen has described is is delivering really valuable content through an expert that you've invited into your world. And mm -hmm. that expert is sharing their expertise. You are the content curator, asking the right questions, bringing that person to the table, vetting that person in the first place, all of which is a very valuable service, all of which makes your own audience appreciate you more. But I didn't have to study and learn this multi-part flywheel system about podcasting. I just had to connect with the person who knows this. And here we are delivering delivering really valuable content about podcasting and more. Um, so yeah, that was a that was a great point as well, Jurgen. Thank you for that. So how else can people get a hold of you? Where should they go to find you? What else, um, what else will they find when they visit the places that you're about to tell them about? Yeah, well, the, the best um, ways are really two, and that's the website. So you mentioned the address before, innovabiz.co. We'll get you there. When you get there, you'll find a little, it looks like a chatbot, but it's not actually a chatbot down in the right-hand corner because if you click on that, you'll see me on video welcoming you to the website and asking you, what brought you here and giving you the opportunity there to respond to me directly, I will see that either by video or by audio or by a text message. So I would certainly encourage if people want to reach out to me and say hello, say great episode or say that was rubbish, whatever, um, <laughs> just go to the website, click on that. It's, it's my picture moving on the bottom. Watch the video, the short video and then just respond to that. And the other place is on LinkedIn. And again, if you reach out to connect on LinkedIn, please tell me that you heard me on the Story Power Marketing Show and what you particularly liked or disliked, and then we can connect. Otherwise, I'll probably ignore it. Ah, very, very good. And now I'm going to take one from your playbook. And I'm <laughs> going to ask you, who do you know out there who's among your 480 two guests other than Tom Ruich, um, who might be somebody that, that would be a great guest to meet my audience and to be on the Story Power Marketing Show. Yeah, well, I mean, there's lots. There's <laughs> over 480. But uh, yeah. the person that comes to mind because of our conversation today is a, a chap called Todd Churches. I don't know if you know Todd. He wrote a book called The... Uh, Visual, visual leadership. I'm not quite sure of the exact title. Visual, it's visual storytelling and leadership um, mm. is is the topic. And I think it's the um, might be visual leadership or the power. I can't remember the exact title right now, but I'll send you that afterwards. But Todd Churches, and I can certainly introduce you. Terrific, terrific. And he's a great and guy too. Excellent. Well, I, I assume so. But, uh, <laughs> and and uh, I want to note one last thing about Michael Delon, because we talked about Michael being the person who connected us. You talked about the personal videos and how important mm. they are. If you go and find the episode where Michael and I uh, are on the Story Power Marketing Show, he shares some 
excellent examples of how to make personal connections with audience and live personal videos is a great example of what he does. And not just in the context of a system for vetting and, and connecting with uh, prospective podcast guests, he will, after he's had a meeting with somebody or after he's had a, a particularly important email exchange, he'll go to loom.com, which is the system he uses. He'll shoot a quick thank you or, or further thoughts video and just send that out as part of one-to-one communication. And it's a very, very powerful thing. So it doesn't surprise me at all that the guy who connected us and who talked about personal video introduced me to you and, and personal video is a big part of your playbook. Um, listen, people pay attention to that. If you haven't implemented it, this is important. So Jurgen, I knew that we would have a blast in, in this conversation. It's so valuable. I can't wait to process this conversation, get it out to my audience. And I really, truly hope that lots of people who have tuned in will reach out to you because they will benefit from doing so. So Jurgen Strauss, thank you so much for spending time, to, uh, time with us today on the Story Power Marketing Show. We'll see you down the road. Thanks a lot, Tom. I really appreciate it. And I had a blast. It was wonderful. Thanks for listening to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. If you liked what you heard today, visit storypowermarketing.com slash resources, where you can sign up for Tom's entertaining, informative, must-read emails download free business building resources, and discover other opportunities to help you harness the power of storytelling. That's storypowermarketing.com slash resources to help you captivate prospects, inspire them to act, and grow your business with greater ease and joy. Also, please remember to subscribe to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich and review it on iTunes or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.